0: Well, uh, that's uh, that's my sermon this morning, so <laughs> you guys are dismissed. Hey. <laughs> I just first wanted to say that I am I am quite nervous, um, but I'm also very excited. I really feel like, and I really believe that this is what's God or what God has been speaking to me this week. Um, and then I also wanted to start uh, by saying thank you. Um, it's it feels very special to be able to preach here. Um, you guys have blessed me so much throughout my entire life, from the age of 10 with upwards to Um, offering my first local minister's license to um, all the way sending me off to college at MNU. Um, You've taught me so much about the Bible and what it means to be Christian. Um, I know you guys have watched me grow up and mature quite a lot. (laughs) And uh, I'm just so thankful. When we use the word transformation, one one of my first thoughts is just my experience here at this church. And I just can't help but thank you guys. It's because of all of you. Um, So thank you for blessing me um, in the past, this past decade, Um, and thank you for blessing me with this opportunity um, to lead you guys in this way. So the passage that I'm preaching on this morning is Over the Lost Sheep, as this video did so wonderfully explain, Um, and it's found in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, Um, and if you would like to open up your Bibles or open up your phones, um, it should be on the screen behind us. And then i would just give you a moment to do that. Uh, Like I said, it's Luke chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 7. And actually, if you guys will be willing to stand um, as we read this morning, I would appreciate that. So, like I said, Luke 15, 1 through 7. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. You may be seated. So, the ways that God has spoke to me this week, obviously the parable has a lot in it and we'll get to that, but I really wanted to focus off, or focus by starting off on just the story of Jesus talking to the sinners and the Pharisees at first. So, Unfortunately, in today's world, um, the people that represent the number of lost sheep is well over just 1% of the population. When we take the idea of God being our shepherd, he loves each and every one of his sheep to chase us down and to bring us back into his presence. He loves us that much. When we hear the story about the lost sheep, we often think immediately of the sinners, of the sinners here in this story and what they might be feeling. Because this message is a ho- is a message of hope and grace. In a sense, this message is being told to these people, and it's also being shown to these people. In the storyline of Luke, Jesus had just gotten back to Jerusalem, and these people who were labeled sinners probably felt as if Jesus came to this place just for them. This, this story that Jesus is telling is also being lived out. When Jesus went and talked to people, he was intentional about loving everyone he came into contact with. And these people were no different. The sinners were both hearing and seeing that there is nothing that they could do to escape the love of Jesus. There is nowhere that they could be that could prevent them from Jesus searching for them to come and chase them down. But what is also really cool is that this same message that is preached to the lowly of society is also very strongly preached to the righteous. There's reason to believe that Jesus chose to tell this parable because of the complaints of the Pharisees. Like it says in the first couple of verses, so he spoke this parable. And then the contents of the parable appear to be as if Jesus were preaching directly to the Pharisees. And... This instance of Jesus preaching to both the, the low and the righteous is not something that is contrary to Jesus' character. In fact, the entire message of Jesus preaches to both the sinners and the Pharisees. That's because the gospel is dynamic. God's word is for those who hear it for the first time and have a good grip on who Jesus is, but God's word is also for those who or do not have a good grip on who Jesus is. God's message is also for those who do have a grip on the Bible, those who do actually understand what it means to be Christian. It's why this simple story that we hear when we are kids is still impactful on us this morning. The story of the lost sheep was not only intended for the Pharisees to see how they were wrong in their idea of Jesus, but it is also a means of grace for them to see how to treat the lost. It is, it is to see how they could be like Jesus themselves. and the same breath, though, one could argue that the Pharisees were the lost sheep in this story. After all, they were the people that were supposed to lead God's people, but they missed out on what it meant to be God's people altogether. How can they lead in the best way? My bad. They were the ones that have wandered off, and Jesus had come to Jerusalem— to chase them down and bring them back in. The love of God was f- for those who are yet to repent is the same love that God has for the Pharisees. So I have found out that it's very hard to love people who are jerks. <laughs> um, so I've attended a public high school, and those who just graduated also um, understand this, but there are, is a lot of bullying in high schools, and All of us can probably agree or have seen bullying in some way. Some of us might have been the ones being bullied. Others others of us in this room were probably the bully. (laughs) But um, I've always had a hard time forgiving and showing grace to the bully. It's always been so much harder to show the ones who are the arrogant ones and don't know how to love than it is to love the ones who are being bullied. And in fact... This is the hardest group of people that I had a hard hard time believing that God loved them. And it's the same way for the Pharisees. I've always had a difficult time seeing how Jesus loved the Pharisee. But throughout this story, you can see that God loves them just as much as he loves the lost. He is willing to go to the same depth to bring them home too. And we, like Jesus, should meet people where they are. That could be the church or the unchurched. It could be the people that we have in common with or that we disagree with altogether. But we should be intentional about showing what it really looks like to be loved by God. It's what we mean when we say to extend grace. The grace that's been shown to us is what we should be showing to others. We always want to be share, or We always want to share what has been given to us because Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us all. And when we start to think about Jesus' plan for evangelism, um, it's just all wrapped up in love. Um, And we can see it just throughout this story. So, I believe that from the ways that we typically talk about Jesus' evangelism plan, uh, we tend to not give him enough credit for um, what he does. So we often think that Jesus goes into a place where there's a lot of people watching, and he does a very miraculous sign of healing. Um, And so people see it, and then he tells that person to repent and to live a different life, and then he goes into the next town. But we all know that Jesus has a way better plan than just that. We all know that he does so much more than that. And I just wanted to share with you um, a way that that is. So through the Gospels, we see that Jesus consistently goes to sinners, we see that he meets them in their homes. He eats dinner with them. He is willing to be where they are. And like I, like I just talked about, we should do this more too. We should meet people outside of these walls, and we should meet them in their own spaces. But, but we should do this because Jesus did this. This is what Jesus does. This is who he is. He meets us in our greatest need. If we think about how Jesus found us individually, we can probably say that it was at a time where we needed him most. We can probably think back and, and see that we were probably in such a low spot in our lives that there's no way that God could want us. There's no way that God could want us and the things that we do, or that we have done. But nonetheless, he still shows up. Our God is in the business of showing up. And that is seen throughout the Bible and it is seen throughout our lives. And oddly enough, Jesus' plan seems to be even more than just this. The love of God is so beautiful. It is so attracting. It draws people near to him. This passage shows that the sinners and the tax collectors around him were drawing near to him, not necessarily Jesus coming to them. And let me say that again. The sinners and the tax collectors in this story were coming to Jesus. They knew what Jesus was all about already. It shows that they were truly understanding of what Jesus was all about. And this is because they were able to experience the love of God in a real way that actually pushes them towards transformation. They knew it was good for them. It's what their heart and soul were desiring. However, for the Pharisees, they were more concerned about the things that they were doing. For the Pharisees, they were unable to receive the love that God gives them well, I mean, there's a lot of things, but mainly because of the system that they created, of of this hierarchy of good things. But even deeper than, than this system, the Pharisees' problem was pride. They were their own saviors, and in their mind, or uh, they were their own saviors in their minds, and salvation depended on their own strength. How good they are in the world and in society was dependent upon their own things. And the problem is they couldn't realize something that is contained by the story that Jesus shares. And that is, we are in need of a shepherd. Like we sang earlier, God, we need you. We need God in our lives every hour, every moment. The sinner, though, because they can see their need for the shepherd, they want to come to Jesus. They want to be where he is. See, this isn't solely about the destruction of this social system. This is about the pride that's within it. The sinner was already humbled by the system that it was in, that they, that he was in. The Pharisee was too prideful to come to Jesus's feet. When Jesus when Jesus was doing what he does and showing who he is, the sinners came. The sinners came to Jesus, and the Pharisees complained to Jesus. Sometimes I see the same problem with the church and the unchurched. People who go to church most of their lives, they go twice a week, they <clears throat> pray on their own, they go to or they sorry they um, know a lot about the Bible, they give their ten percent, they think they're good. They do they they've checked off all the all the boxes, and they've done everything that's required to have a relationship with God. But often people who don't even know Jesus at all are searching for him without even knowing it. They're searching for hope and direction or purpose, but that the world itself cannot provide. At some point, these people can actually say to themselves that they need something that they cannot provide themselves. And that's where they might be most receptive to what Jesus is all about. That's where, when the gospel is explained to them, it all makes sense because it's an actual real need. Whereas people who think that they're good for no reason, or for not no reason, but because they do all these things, they don't, they, they don't see the actual need within, that's behind the things that they do. So I wanted to go sort of off topic real quick and say something that's not a direct meaning of this passage, um, but it's something that spoke to me through this week. Um, so I just wanted to reiterate again that this is one of kind of my thoughts, but I just want you to think of the hundred sheep as different aspects of your life. So uh, they could be like the way that you treat people or the way that you spend money or even smaller things like little daily habits that you do or how you manage your time. And I just want you to think about all the things but imagine those are the sheep and imagine one of those things runs off. So when you notice one of those aspects of your life, wandering off from what it means to live like in the kingdom of God, you have to go chase that down and you have to bring that back in. You have to put in the work to align yourself with God's kingdom in every area of your life. So when you are choosing, or when we are choosing to give our lives to God, including each aspect of them, this is what it means to give God control. And just because we give God control of our lives doesn't mean that we can be lazy. It doesn't mean that oh, so God's in control, God does all the work. We have to trust that God's way and intent for our lives is better than we can ever imagine or that we can do on our own. And as we lean in uh, to what it means to be a part of the people of God, we start to see that we have way more roles than simply just running off from the herd and having to be chased down over and over and over again. And as we develop into who God has created us to be, we can start participating more and more into what God has for the people around us. And what I mean is, and this gets us back on point because you guys might be lost here for a second, but it means that God might be sending us to chase down the lost sheep. God might be creating us to become the shepherd in this story because God can use us to be the shepherd in this story. We can be readily available to be used by God. And like I said earlier, you got to put the work in to do that. And when you ha- when you trust God with every aspect of your life, he can use every aspect of your life. And what I'm talking about is said way more easily than it is actually done. I mean, we're kind of talking about sanctification here. But... <clears throat> It's hard to trust God with everything because there's a lot of things that are reaching for our attention. It's hard to trust God with our finances when we have little money. It's hard to spend time with God each day when you're as busy as can be. It's hard to build new, healthy friendships when you're comfortable with the ones that you already have. What I'm trying to say, though, is that it's not about the actual 10% that you give to the church, it's not about the 30 minutes that you spend time reading. The actual things, the actual check marks, is not what God is asking of you all the time. He's asking for your heart. He's asking for you to trust Him all the time. He wants your heart. He wants you to give Him every part of yourself. He wants our good and He wants our bad. He knows that we're not perfect. He's the one that takes what we have to offer. And he's the one that makes it perfect to his use. I have a lot of crud in my life. I've done a lot of things and I've been through a lot of things. But those things have become become so much powerful to my own testimony because I've given them to God. I don't say that to lift myself up, but it's a testimony to who God is and to what he's done in my life. If I only gave him the good things then I would just be another, um, be another pretty face up here on the platform <laughs> that, that you guys see and you guys <laughs> get to look at for about 20 minutes. So. <laughs> but if, if I was just showing the good, the good side of me, then, then you guys would say, oh, he's just got that all together. And you guys would just expect to have your lives together too and that's not how that's not how life goes. we all know that there's stuff that goes on and there's all and there's stuff but there's stuff that God redeems, and there's stuff that God uses because that then that's when our story's not our own that's when it's god's story that's when it's it's showing glory to God, not ourselves that's not where I was going with this, but that was pretty good <laughs> 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 so by giving God our trust, we can be used by him more and more. Amen. And hear this. I'm not saying that you have to have your life together for God to use this. God can use anyone. But what I'm trying to say is that the Pharisees trusted themselves and the things that they did. The sinners didn't trust themselves. The sinners wanted to know what Jesus had to say, and they wanted to be, they wanted to be transformed by Jesus. I want you to ask yourself, do you really trust God, though? Do you really give him everything that you have? Even even the stuff that you're ashamed of, even the stuff that you may not want God to know about. And then on top of that, do you give God the good stuff? Do you give glory to Him when you are blessed? Are you thankful and grateful? Do you live a life of gratitude for the things that you do have? Do you li- and and then do you live like you trust God? Because there's there's one thing to trust Him, but if you're still holding back some of your money, like you're not living like it. You're still you, you've got to trust God with all of your finances. And that's an easy one to bring up, but there's a lot of things, just relationships, emotional well-being, everything. Or do you really truly rely on yourself and your own efforts? Because I'm here to tell you that you will fail yourself. But with God's help, you can be God's instrument. You can be his shepherd. You can participate in the work of God and his kingdom through trusting his plan. You can be the light that God has placed in your heart to show others, no matter how far that you've you've wandered off. Because to wrap it up, God will chase you down no matter what you've done. God loves you no matter what you've done. He wants you in his kingdom, and he wants you for his purpose. At this time, I actually want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to read a few questions off. And I just want you to deeply reflect upon them. I want you to um, genuinely ask yourself um, about them. So this can be from what we've been talking about this morning, um, or just the way that you've seen Jesus in your entire life. But I wanted to ask you, what is special to you about Jesus? What what's what, what makes Jesus and the story that He provides personal to you? And then I want you to think, how might this same message? Speak to some of the people around you, some of the people that you interact with. How might you be able to use this message to extend, to extend God's grace? And then I want you to change gears a little bit, and I want you to think about in what ways have you needed God in the past? What are some really big needs that you couldn't fill yourself. And then I want you to recognize how God, how Jesus has fulfilled those needs. And I want you to think about how you can share that testimony with others. And then finally, I just want you to think about How do you feel, or the things that you feel like you might be holding back from God? What have you not truly trusted in God's presence? What do you maybe not want God to know about? What are you scared that he'll find out about? How can you trust God more? Because I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you no matter what. He loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. And just like the sinners in the story, you all have come to this place, to God's presence, to sit at Jesus' feet and to learn more about him. And I'm very thankful for you. Father God, we're so thankful for this time. We're so thankful that to learn more about you and to learn more about this simple story of, of the lost sheep. We're so thankful that you chase us down no matter what, and you'll do it over and over and over again. And that's the will that you have for everyone that we have come in contact with. We ask that you and your Holy Spirit work in our lives to to change us, to trust more and more, in you, and that you may be able to use us, you may be able to use us for your kingdom and to be the shepherd that chases the lost down. God, we thank you, we thank you so much for the story that you've placed within us and all the ways that you will use us going from this place. God, we, we ask that you protect us as we leave this place protect our hearts, protect us physically. And God, we're so thankful just to be here in your presence. We love you so much. It's in your awesome and holy name that we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. for everybody that's been down but you didn't stay down yeah talk to him I got